From now on, those episodes are going to sound like I'm doing it in the middle of service in a restaurant. And it's not, but I know it sounds like it. It gives you, maybe it'll give you guys a better feel of what we go through every day in the restaurant industry. So I left the recording device up and everyone who's on this knows that they were recorded. I don't think anyone's going to file for a lawsuit. We don't say the name of the restaurant anywhere, but... Actually, you know what? As far as you're concerned, these are just the voices inside my head. They're, your, they're yours too now. Now you imagine them just like I do, okay? So it was one of those shifts that like everything goes well, but it was chaos, you know? It's like organized chaos. I wouldn't call myself like a loose cannon by any means, but I come in late sometimes. People call me crazy. You know, it's happened before, but there's a fine line between insanity and ingenuity. I also am not calling myself a uh, genius here, okay? Please, let's just look for the record. So, that was Evergreen. <laughs> Science 43, it's always so serious. Anyway, so it was one of those shifts that, like, you know that your presence alone is going to make or break the shift for the restaurant. It's not going to save anyone's lives. It's not going to change anyone's life. It's not going to kill anyone, nor is it going to, you know, like, help anyone. But for that shift and everyone in the middle of that shift and in the weeds, it's going to make their day or break their day if you're there or not there. Now, obviously, you have to be someone of a person that does what they do well because if your presence is that highly valued it's crazy but the thing is it's also luck sometimes like sometimes there's just not enough people to fill all the positions and the the crew has to take the work of the one person that's not there right so like there's been times before where i'm going into a shift knowing it's going to be busy and i'm a little late so i'm supposed to be there at noon let's say but i'm there at 12 30 and i know that the the shit really doesn't start until about 12 45 12 30 depends but usually 12 45 is when you're in the shit because everyone goes to lunch and everyone goes crazy and then they order food and it's all simultaneous everything's at the same time this kind of shit only happens during lunch dinner is more spread out it's also very very chaotic but dinner that you can't that one person making there being there like the entrance isn't as valuable because you're kind of in the shit since five o'clock lunch is everything is smooth and calm and all of a sudden all the fucking bomb goes off and if that person is not there everyone's gonna feel it but if that person comes at the right person moment in time it's like whoa you know and this is why one of the one of the people you hear here is um he's like the he's been there he's been in the restaurant for a long time he's been through a lot of chefs he's been through a lot of people in general and he's committed you know he's 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 a good guy He's like in charge of basically he's the, in charge of all the food runners who are in charge of keeping the restaurant alive. The, rest, the, the food runners are the restaurant's legs. Right? If the broilers are the, the, the organs, like the heart that pumps the blood through it, the, the, the food runners are the legs that helps the restaurant walk. OK, so he calls me El Salvacion. Oh, the salvation is here. You know? <laughs> because and there's times where and usually it's a joke because it's like, wow, this guy's not saving shit, you know. But there are times where that is actually the case. Like, like if I'm late, if I'm running late, and I come in at 12.30, and there's tickets to the floor, the executive chef is at the expo line, all the cooks are busy, and there's nobody at the cutter station, which is the person that's distributing the meat evenly to the broiler so that they don't get overwhelmed. And they have to pick the meat, season it, and, you know, accordingly, right? So that person is very, very important, especially in the lunch shift, because, it, like I said, a bomb goes off. Like, all these people order at the same time. So if, you, if I happen to time or happen to be late this one day, I timed it just right to where I came in right as the boat was about to tip over and the water was to splash in and it starts sinking. Right before that happened, I came in and I hear, Dimitri's here! And it's like, I felt like, like, like there's a fucking like, fire that started in, inside my gut. It was like, it's like, like butterflies, like before your first kiss or some shit. Like, like it was fucking like, oh. And I knew that when I was going to come in there, I knew I was going to do what I have to do and we're going to get out of this, you know, we're going to save it. 
And then, of course, it's just like a battlefield. So it's just like, I felt like fucking Achilles. I'm not Achilles, all right? Shut the fuck up, everybody. I'm not, just, I just felt like it, okay? And it's all because everyone who's listening to this that works with me, it's because of you that I felt like this, okay? Because you guys fucking do your shit so fucking good that I felt like a hero being able to, like, be on the same line as you guys. You know what I mean? And it was fucking felt good. And of course, you always got like the one guy, Mr. V, is like, ah, this fucking guy decides to get out of bed today, huh? It's fucking awesome. But he knows, just like everyone else, that I'm going to do whatever I can to help out and probably going to succeed in doing that. And in this case, in this one shift, I did. And it fucking rocked. You know, like we fucking busted our asses. Everybody did great. We yelled at a server because they're stupid fucking servers. Fuck you, you know? (laughs) But. We did our thing, and at the end of the day, I was like, guys, that was fucking awesome. Thank you very much. They said, thank you, chef. We all go home to our families and don't hit our kids. You know, like that is a shift that needs to happen at least once to everyone. Because, but for that to happen, you have to be a person that can make that monumental change between being something of a salvation, like they call me sometimes, or I'm pendejo, which they also call me sometimes. So I made some cuts today on a Saturday night. And I don't mean like physical cuts. I mean I'd let people stay home. Now it's a tricky situation with these cutting things. And I want both sides to hear me out here. I understand that, you know, you signed on to the job to work. You need hours. You have things going down. I get it. But there's a reason that someone else is working the shift that you thought you were going to work. And it's not because I like their smile better. Or someone likes their smile better. Maybe that's some front of the house girly shit, but we don't play like that. If you're not working the shift, it's because you either suck or not as good as the person that's working the shift now. So we have a couple of people on overtime because they're fucking rock stars and they should deserve, they should get anything they want because they don't abuse the privilege. When I ask them if they want to take the day off, they say, no, I want to come in because I need the hours. They're already on 45 hours, but they're going to come in for the extra five to make it 50 hours, 52. While there's other people on 24 hours that I said, tell them to stay home. Because you could have three people, like the people that are on 24 hours, and they still won't make up for the amount of work that the one person on 50 hours does. So I made some cuts. We had uh, 396 on the books last night when I left. For us, that's a wet fart. You know what I mean? I could probably expo that from my house. I don't even have to be there. For most restaurants, well, for a good amount of restaurants, that's a pretty busy Saturday night or whatever. So when I came in, it was up to 400. Okay. So I made some cuts, told a couple of people to stay home, asked a, a couple others if they would stay home, please. Most obliged. One, uh, one person actually said, Fez, Fez actually said, he's like, I'm coming in. And then he gave me like a little smile face emoji. Because this is the thing, like, I think we're all grown men and women at this point, and for the most part. Meaning like if there's five runners on and I only need three, or I think I only need three, I'm going to message all five of them at the same time and say, hey guys, this is the deal. I only need three. Duke it out amongst yourselves or I'll play runner, Russian roulette. I came up with that. Runner, Russian roulette. It's when I just kind of just pick one. (laughs) So then as a joke, I said, you know, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so stay home. DM and Fez stay home. And DM's like, sure, okay. And Fez is like, no, I'm coming in. So I thought he was joking. But I'm glad that he wasn't joking because we actually did need him because he got a started to be pretty busy so like now the shift's approaching 460 covers so now I'm you know my butthole's puckering a little bit it's not completely like out of control but it's like hey buddy hey buddy why'd you make all those cuts and I was like shut up butthole like I'm trying to fucking do these invoices 
You keep talking about the reservations going up. There's 150 cancellations. Shut up. Okay, buddy. I'm just saying. You made all those cuts. You might have to deal with it later. Oh, my God. Jesus, that, that asshole's always talking shit. <laughs> Get it? Anyway. So then, like right before service starts, you know, Bobby gets in. I explain and break everything down to him. Like, who's there? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, we got it. You're right. And then I look at the fucking book, and it says, saw 500-something. So I was like, okay, so it went up another 40. Let me tell you that from 6 to like 7.30, I was really regretting the fact that I cut all those people. But I think that after 8, that my dreams would have, I mean, my actions would have been proven correct. Because I looked at labor, and our labor percentage was like 10% for the entire restaurant. 10% labor for the whole restaurant. 10%, if you guys know anything about money, that's, that's ridiculous. And it wasn't even on a busy night, so sales cures all. Meaning like, if, you sell, if you're a restaurant that sells like mad, mad amounts of food, it doesn't matter how many people you have on. Like, like the three Michelin star joints where everyone has to pay $700 for like a seven course meal. They don't have a budget. They're like, I want langoustines from the moon. I need you to send somebody to the moon and get them langoustines down here now. How many? All of them. And then they do. Like, it's fucking crazy. But I mean, everybody pays $700. There's a chef that used to make a lamb dish, and he used the saddle of the lamb, which is just like the small, tiny part of the um, of the rack. Not the saddle. I don't remember what it was called. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm dropping the ball on this. He used a piece of the rack of lamb, but not the, not the actual lamb. But like, like no, not the rack. You know, with no bones. He would take, like the little piece that he needed and he would throw the rest of the rack in the garbage there'd be like a bunch of meat left on the, on the bones on the rack and he's like what, what, what the fuck and I, was, I asked the guy I was like, did you ever take it home he's like no I couldn't take it home like, he was thrown out because he didn't feel that that was necessary I'm like dude you just threw out a whole fucking rack of lamb it's domestic Colorado lamb it's delicious he's like no fuck that I can't do that I get fired this guy was a sous chef for now a three Michelin star place in Washington called I don't remember the tea room or some shit like that and uh, the guy who's a chef there, who now has three Michelin stars, he, he thinks he's the uh, archbishop of cooking, meaning like before service, he plays Gregorian chant and then like walks around his kitchen in like this fucking robe. Dude, but he's got three Michelin stars and you can't fuck with him. <sighs> you know? So like, I made some cuts. I'm, you know, now I'm getting a little nervous because it's busy. But I gotta say, man, like, I felt a little bit bad that I did cut one broiler so I cut one broiler too many I should have left that one guy on but at the same time the two guys that I had on that were broiling are fucking nasty like they're the nastiest broilers on the planet I'm willing to bet that I'm willing to put money that in terms of this restaurant and how much meat goes onto that broiler comes back out these guys are the nastiest in New York and if they're the nastiest in New York they're the best in the business Nobody does in New York City what our imaginary restaurant that I just made up and I don't really work at because I'm a banker makes in the city. No one, not even the the nightclubs, like the ones that turn into a nightclub at night, they still don't get close to us. I mean, $100,000 days, my guy, in July. Fuck off. So my broilers, our broilers, the broilers that I have the privilege of calling my co-workers, are the nastiest ones there are. And those two guys are fucking rocked it. In fact, the cutter, which is the guy who was distributing meat to them, and that's really like where, where the busyness lies, you know? Like if you get a ticket with a bunch of meat and you know how to grill it, 
it's really not that hard to grill the meat. It's hard to pick the meat, grill it, and still do all the, like a bunch of other things at the same time. That's where it gets kind of hairy. Dude, the cutter was laying. He was he's fucking chilling, talking, bull, bull, shooting the shit. You know, he's like kind of like distracting me because I had a bunch of tickets, and he didn't because he has to cut all the tickets. All I have to do is write on them and weigh them down. So <laughs> he's like shooting the shit with me, and I'm like, uh, can you stop talking to me for a second because I can't like pay attention right now. I'm fucking bugging out. So like, it's it's awesome. Like. Every day that I work there, I learn something different. Either it's about someone or something or the restaurant industry. Like somebody came in today. I came in and so they were laughing about something in the office. I was like, what are you guys laughing at? They're like, actually, they were laughing at you. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks, guys. He's like, no, no, no. The time that you zested an orange with a drill. And then Joe was talking about it. And I was like, Joe? Who the fuck is Joe? They're like, you know. I'm like, no, I don't know who's Joe. Oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't here. Anyway, so then Bobby walks in. He's like, yeah, man. So I was walking in, and I just got in from my, you know, my day off. Coming in, and Dimitri's running around with a fucking power drill. I was like, what is this guy doing, you know? And then, so I told him, I was like, I didn't even know that trick. All I did was I literally Googled how to zest an orange with a power tool, and that's what I got. You know, so they were all laughing about that shit. So it's like, we have our moments where it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? But for the most part, everybody that I work with, even including the people that kind of slack off and kind of just like dick around and just there to be there, nobody's actually there just to be there. Like there's nobody that's that much of a floater that he just kind of is. Maybe one, but I don't see him. He never shows around, you know? Everybody works. We all hold each other accountable. And it's literally the best restaurant I've ever worked in. It's definitely the busiest restaurant in the, I've ever worked in. I dare to say that Single Entity is the busiest restaurant in the world right now. Like, no bullshit. Fuck you, no bullshit. Three million dollar months. Blow me.